Blog Talk Radio. I would like to make a few comments concerning the difference between the Black Revolution and the Negro Revolution. There's a difference. Are they both the same? And if they're not, what is the difference? What is the difference between a Black Revolution and a Negro Revolution? First, what is a revolution? Sometimes I'm inclined to believe that many of our people are using this word revolution loosely without taking careful consideration what this word actually means and what its historic characteristics are. When you study the historic nature of revolutions, the motive of a revolution, the objective of a revolution, and the result of a revolution, and the methods used in a revolution, you may change words. You may devise another program. You may change your goal and you may change your mind. Look at the American Revolution in 1776. That revolution was for what? For land. How was it? Why did they want land? Independence. How was it carried out? Bloodshed. Number one, it was based on land, the basis of independence. And the only way they could get it was bloodshed. The French Revolution, what was it based on? The land left against the landlord. What was it for? Land. How did they get it? Bloodshed. Was no love lost was no compromise, was no negotiation. I'm telling you, you don't know what our revolution is. Because when you find out what it is, you'll get back in the alley. You'll get out of the way. The moment, the Russian revolution, what was it based on? Land. The land left against the landlord. How did they bring it about? Bloodshed. You haven't got a revolution that doesn't involve bloodshed. And you're afraid to bleed. I said you're afraid to bleed. Long as the white man sent you to Korea, you bled. He sent you to Germany, you bled. He sent you to the South Pacific to fight the Japanese, you bled. You bleed for white people. But when it comes time to seeing your own churches being bombed and little black girls murdered, you haven't got no blood. You bleed when the white man says bleed. You bite when the white man says bite. And you bark when the white man says bark. I hate to say this about us, but it's true. How you gonna be? And that's Malcolm X, and I wanted to start the show off with Brother Malcolm today. Welcome to Rant Radio. I am your host, 
Thomas Berry coming live to you from the Twin Cities. Man, it has been a wild, wild week in Baltimore, Maryland. That's what today's show topic is on. Feel free to call in, 347-826-9600. Once again, that's 347-826-9600. A lot has been made in the past few days of what uh, people have been calling riots. I differ with a lot of people on that thing about riots. Uh, I don't believe that it's a riot. I, I would like to rename it to an uprising. You know, an uprising. We we have to really look at what's going on there and why the people are upset. Yeah, they upset over Brother Gray being murdered and shut down, shot down in the streets. But a large part of the reason why people are upset too is they've been they've been treated this way for a very long time in the city. And that's one of the things that nobody's talking about. Nobody talks about how the people have been going through this with the officials for quite a while. And that's where we're at right now. That is the, that's the basis for everything that's going on. Um, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people come up with a lot of excuses. Um, you know, they're going to be talking about how they are upset with the people in Baltimore and they're going to be saying that they're burning up uh, their own things. But today we want to explore that. And and I want to challenge people on that. I, I hope people uh, call in with your opinions because my thing is, how is it ours? How have we gotten into this place where we start calling stuff ours that we have no control over? We live in communities that we have no control over. Very few of us own homes in those particular communities. Those communities are not the black community. Those communities are not our communities. We don't own banks. We don't have hospitals. We don't have businesses. Yes, we do have our loved ones. We do have our neighbors. We do have people who look like us in those areas. But on the real, we're just occupying space. Because soon as the landlords of that area wants us gone, or the banks don't want us to hunker down in those communities, we get redlined out, police uh, policies change, we start getting harassed out. And I want to discuss that today. Today's show, I want you to understand, we've talked about this was going on in Baltimore long before this happened. This is our third, going on our third year on the air. And this is a discussion that we've had since the beginning. Me and Brother Rodney has had these discussions uh, when Landon was co-hosting. Cousin Landon, we've had these discussions. We talked about these things. We talked about the, the number of unarmed black men in 2012 that was gunned down, 2013, 14, now 15. We've talked about this. We talked about the systematic oppression. This is a long-lasting conversation. I keep on hearing the question, what we going to do about it? And my response to that, and anybody who throws that my way is, you ain't ready. Don't keep on asking about what we going to do. And when you get a suggestion or you get the solution, first thing you do is fight. 
Don't ask, what are we going to do if you're not ready? That's what time it is right now in this country. That's why I had to play that clip with Malcolm in the beginning. Some of us are not ready to bleed. Some of us ain't even ready to live our own lives right now. Let's be real. Some of us are not ready to live our own lives right now. We don't have a measurement for what happiness is for us. We allow people to dictate to us what happiness should be. That sitcom you watch, that television drama you watch, that reality TV show you watch, those teachers at your school, your psychologists, your psychiatrists, the sociologists, the president, the vice president, the first lady. We don't make up the measurements. What is happiness? What is sadness? We are not living life for ourselves. And what I'm happy about in Baltimore is that the people there have decided to take the stand, whether you like it or you don't, you feel indifferent about it or you don't, they don't care. They're not waiting on you to sit around in a room with your white friends to come up with an amicable decision for the situation. They're just not. And that's okay. That should be okay with all of us. We shouldn't have an issue with people looking to solve their own problems. We shouldn't mind. We shouldn't be. Uh, we shouldn't care. The whole nine. We got so many people. I'm, I'm looking at social media. And I'm looking at some of the comments, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked from the good to the bad to the damn, is he really that crazy? This is what happens when you're not ready for change. I I just want to say it one more time. The people in Baltimore can care less. They can care less what I got to say. They can care less what you got to say. They can care less what you think. You're not living out there. And I want to give them some applause for that. Because it's about time. It's about time of caring when people want you to move when they say move. When people tell you to do what they say do. You only have so much time on this planet. We all do. We only have so much time on this planet. And we got to be effective. We got to be effective while we're here. We can't keep on kicking the can down the road, hoping that our Messiah or some future generation is going to change it. 
I say you put in the work so if your Messiah do show up or the future generation when it's time for them to take over the mantle, they don't have a lot of work to do. You know, it's 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 like planning an NCAA basketball game where you're saying, We don't want the freshmen to play. But oh snaps. We're down by forty points. We really didn't have sophomores, juniors and seniors that can play, but our freshmen, they some ballers. And we really need to win this game to stay afloat in this tournament. We'll just put them in 30 points down, and, man, they're going to bring us back. That's a hope and a prayer. And you'll find out very few hopes and prayers are answered. Very few. Very few. And part of that is because you didn't prepare. Preparation. Now I watched CNN last night and I saw Don Lemon. Man, Don Lemon is a shit starter. I saw Don on there, man, doing what Don do best. Don was pretty much instigating the situation between the mayor and the governor. And he was on camera saying, I don't think they like each other. And when you see silliness like that, you start to understand why we struggle so much. You know, we we struggle because we worry about things that don't mean jack. Who cares about that gossip when you got people who are underserved and you got these two politicians who are living in nice nice areas making nice salaries off the taxpayers bending over backwards for the corporations who gives a damn if they get along there's some people in Baltimore right now tonight trying to figure out how they gonna feed their families and they did that before, and they was figuring that out way before a CVS got burnt down. We got to get our priorities together as a collective of people. And maybe my uncle was right last summer when he told me about this majority thing. So you never get a majority of anything. Maybe he was right. Maybe that's what I'm looking for, and I shouldn't be trying to look for that. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we should take a small minority group of us, and we start effective change amongst us. We need to reprogram ourselves. I'm serious. When you see people out there fighting, and they got the warrior spirit in them, How dare you call those people out? Not the same people I got on Facebook, relatives, friends, and all, who talk about what these bitches and what these niggas and da-da-da-da-da. You got the nerve to be mad because somebody else is giving a damn about their living situation? Really? You really mad? Excuse me. 
I don't know if I should take you serious or not. It's hard to take people serious like that. It is. I'm, you know, man, I tell you, our people, you know, every time we get these fierce warriors that rise up and they're ready to either articulate their opinion or physically demonstrate how they feel and what we're going through as a collective, it's always one of us who tears them down. It's always more than one of us that tears them down. And we're only doing this to appease white people. That's the only reason. I want to make sure I'm clear about that, because I I understand the pathology that's leading to all that. It's a serious jacked-up pathology that's going on. The sad part about it is, like me and the brothers were having a discussion today, and the brothers were saying, you know, if this happens, if I step up, you know what, man, on the real, I ain't even got our people. I can't even believe our people going to ride out for me. I'm stepping up for my people, and they ain't going to ride for me. And what I would say to any brothers who are thinking that way, keep riding. Keep riding. Not rioting. Riding. Keep going hard, brothers. Because in the end, in the end, you either stand for something or you fall for anything. And if you look at our people, when you look at our history, we have failed for almost anything they put in front of us. Whether it's the military, whether it's integration, whether it's gay rights, or whatever. A lot of these struggles ain't our struggles. A lot of these battles ain't our battles. A lot of these fights are not our fights. This is the truth. We go to their we go to their colleges. We take up courses that don't relate to us. You brothers want to learn about Greek mythology, literature. You want to study Macbeth. But what about us? That's that, that's 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 what's our issue. Cause, like I said earlier, we don't measure our own success. We base our success off of what they say our success is. We base our communities off of what they say our communities is. I had a chance to go to a workshop last Thursday with the beautiful and intelligent Joy DeGroy. That's Dr. Joy DeGroy uh, for you who want to look her up. PTSS, post-traumatic slave syndrome. It was an excellent workshop, excellent topic. Sister was unapologetic. She cut straight through the chase. But she had me even questioning 
myself. You need that. You need to question your approach in this world we're living in. We got so many of us who are scared to do anything, but they always speak in absolutes. You know what's going to happen in in Baltimore afterwards? How do you know? How do you know? Especially when the majority of us are living our lives as if we're the exception to the rule of everything we do. See, we're the exception, but nobody else is the exception. Talk to me. 347-826-9600. I'm telling you, Sister pointed out last week some strong stuff. Her main point was was our own pathology and how there's some of us that are African American we think like white folks think. And that's something to think about. I mean, I, I know people say it, but just think about it. How many of us, anytime we do anything, whether it's political, whether it's uprisings, you name it. Anytime we do anything, there's a group of us that always have a problem with what we do. And why is that? Can you really face your fears? Can you really self-examine yourself and ask yourself, why is it that you criticize everything? Can't you see the city hurting? Can't you see a city who's paid out millions of dollars in police brutality? Don't you know that those people understand that them cops ain't going to get punished? Seriously. I don't know why so many of us got long faces. I don't. What did you think was going to happen? You think that we're just, what, what kind of people do you think we are? Really? Because you're scared. That's you. Why we got to be held to the same standard you held to? You ask these people to vote, they voted. What that got them? You ask them to integrate, they integrated. What they got them? You ask the people. You ask the people to join your military. Talk to some of them brothers who came back from Vietnam. Ask them what did it get them. And as far as our communities and our families, for everything you've asked us to do. And when I say you, I'm talking to the people who are upset. Because I got to go at your pathology here. See, I wouldn't dare go into a house with a battered spouse. Say you've been known this woman for centuries. I mean, not centuries. Let's say you've been known her for a good decade. And today she finally snapped. She decided to burn your clothes, bust you upside your head. And she might even decide to give you a buck fifty across your face. Well... If you've been beating on her, what you expect to happen? 
You thought she was going to try to talk it out? When you was beating on her, did you let her talk it out? See, that's what we're dealing with here. And people tired of talking. Don't just check out CNN. I've been checking out some, some interesting stuff, man. And I'm, I'm going to drop some more stuff I found out today. Um, that Talking to, to the brothers that I find interesting that nobody's really talking about. But I got a caller. I'm going to take my first caller here. Welcome to Rand Radio. How you doing? That's good. I'm good, Mr. Barry. What's good? This is Angela Thomas calling from Las Vegas. Hey, how you doing, Sister Angela? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, but, you know, like everybody in this, in our community, kind of, you know, taking in what's going on in Baltimore on all fronts. I, I, I think that this is the poster child of what's going on. In Black America right now, from all fronts. This morning, I've seen every every aspect of our story all day, in some fragment, shape, or form. Uh, not just CNN broadcasting. I'm I'm checking out uh, Periscope for those that are OS users have you know Apple phones or whatever. Download the app Periscope and look at what these young people are bringing to you live and in living color through that app. Oh, um, check that out. Definitely check that out, and it's always something interesting on that uh, app. It takes you around the world, and give yourself five minutes with Periscope, and you'll see what's going on around the world, for real. But it's been filled with uh, – It's Periscope, just to explain for those that don't know, Periscope is an app that uh, is owned by Twitter, and they just recently launched it. Maybe, maybe it's under a month old, and uh, a lot of – not enough, but a, a, a lot of folks are using it to live stream mm. what's happening right there in Baltimore. And you know, I, I just want to say this: I'm the I'm the mother of one son. I am the wife of a wonderful man, and even. You know, the brothers who may not look good on paper in my neighborhood where I'm from, man, um, you didn't see a lot of, you know, disrespect. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, Thomas, I'm still taking this all in because, like I said, every voice of the black community is being heard from. You're hearing from us that are, you know, not necessarily going to go out and, March or riot, um, you're hearing from, you know, right now today the big thing online and on television, I've been in, involved in several conversations online regarding the mother who saw her son out there in the midst of everything and whooped his butt. Right. I'm like, that's <laughs> every day my mother, She if she had caught my brother out there like that, she would have did right. exactly what that sister did. And we, you know, I, when I see other black women, I've been on online most of the day today uh, having various conversations. And a lot of, I, it was surprising to me that a lot of other black mothers couldn't feel her right there. Right. Was saying, are saying that she's a, she's abusive and her son should be taken uh, oh, wow. by the system. And I'm like, 
You're telling me that the system is going to love that child more than that mother was loving him in that moment. You crazy. Right. You crazy. That's love. It it and and you know, that was some extreme uh mothering. And that was some extreme young black male him being involved in the riots. But we don't know. You know, everybody's circumstance the circumstances in uh in uh, Baltimore, is there's a study out right now saying that Baltimore kids is living under uh, worse circumstances than kids in Nigeria or in a third, you know, not that Nigeria is a bad place, so please don't get mad at me, my Nigerian brothers and sisters, but it's very extreme for both groups of black children. Right. And right. that's not anything... I would expect in America still to be going on. But, you know, even Freddie Gray, um, it was brought out, uh, I think Roland Martin, I was watching his Periscope, and he was saying that the Gray family had to bring a lawsuit against the city of Baltimore because um, two of the kids, Freddie Gray and, and his twin sister, had lead poisoning. Oh, wow. From the water pipes. Bathing in in lead filled water, the, the the apartment had lead in it, and they were drinking lead. So this is what's you know going on in the city. So you know when we watch these watch those young when we were watching those young people yesterday, I don't agree with riding, but I understand that they are not being heard. Hmm. They're not being heard. It was a it was a young activist on today that uh, checked Wolf Blitzer so well and so eloquently. And Wolf couldn't believe it, that this was a young black man standing there not being irate, not being disrespectful, not, you know, portraying some hooligan, but intelligently and wholeheartedly getting to the heart of the matter. You guys are telling me, I mean, one of his points, and I'm paraphrasing, was that you're telling me that those windows at CVS is more important than Freddie Gray's spine? No, we're here about the business of Freddie Gray. Now, I don't agree with the rioting yesterday, but I do agree that me and my peers are under extreme circumstances, and nobody in America is hearing us out. Nobody's trying to help us. We out here trying to find a way to help ourselves. Mm. And that's and you know what that's that's really where we at as a people. And here's the thing that I know just from studying the federal government in situations like this. Don't believe for one minute that it was young black men who burnt their church down. That wasn't the case. I've also saw reports where they. Before anything turned violent, where they put out that the Bloods, the Crips, the Black Guerrilla family, and the Nation of Islam were going to join forces to kill white cops. Yeah. And that information was put out. Now that was put out by the Baltimore Police Department. That propaganda that they had credible, credible threats waged against them by those, by those groups. You're absolutely right, Thomas. I heard similar reports. But then, well, it's amazing. you know what CNN wouldn't show us? What's amazing, 
promises that they didn't show. They got real, they pulled their lens way back in the aerial shot yesterday when the 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 uh young people were trying to break into and you know just trying to uh destroy the CVS and it was the nation of islam brothers out there trying to talk them out of it literally pulling young people back no i'm not going to let you do this throwing themselves in before the CVS saying i'm not no, I'm not gonna. I know I understand your your red young brother, but I'm and young sister. I'm not gonna let you do this though. You're not gonna throw your right. life away like this. Right. Where did I hear those conversations? I heard those conversations uh, through Twitter and through live streaming, through uh, Periscope. Seeing, look, they trying to put a noose around your neck for real. They they only want to. Show their narrative for real. No, that's true. That's true. You know, something else that I heard too was that it. You know what turned this whole thing violent? Do you know what turned this whole entire thing violent? Baltimore no. Orioles fans. Mm. The fighting started over by the stadium. Mm-hmm. They said that the Baltimore Orioles fans at a game were calling the black. Protesters who were protesting peacefully. Yep, Negro niggers. Yep, and more than one protester has gotten on CNN today, and and checked them about that, and said that very thing, Thomas, that they were being uh, disrespected and agitated and pushed, literally pushed. Some people were literally pushed, and you know, harmed. By just you know, there's no other way to say this. By white folks that didn't want to see the peaceful protest, they wanted to to take it there. And we got all kinds of pictures on Twitter of cops throwing bricks and throwing other objects at at those young people yesterday. And that, and that's the sad state. And you know what? That'll never be discussed. Or talked about in in their days moving ahead because all you people want to I say you all the people really want to talk about in the end is what they consider to be the riot rioting and and to me I think the, the burning of property that's insured we can get over that what we can't get over is people dying and we can't yeah, get Freddie over Freddie Gray is not coming back. His no, never twin at all. sister will have to live that one for life, for the rest of her life. His, the rest of his family will have to live this loss for the rest of their life. And, it, you know, it's more than just throwing another uh, check at a situation from the uh, policeman fund is, is, is getting to the apex of the situation at this point. And, you know, we got to really help this country once again turn around because, you know, what is it, uh, Richard, God, the, the great author, his last name is escaping me, but he wrote that the uh, Negro, nice and docile and sweet and obedient, heaven help America if, you know, the Negro should ever decide to not be. And, that's what I feel like I'm 
watching and watching what's going on with Baltimore right now. We don't want to turn a group of Americans this way. No, we don't. And no, no, we don't. And, and that's the thing. While I can't criti- criticize these young people, because you know it's like you being in this abusive relationship, and your response after years of being beat on and mistreated mm-hmm. is not going. It's not always going to be logical. And it's easy for me here in Minnesota to be talking about what they should do and what they shouldn't do. But I don't know how they was getting treated in that CVS. I don't even know if the black employees inside the CVS was being nice to them. I don't know if it was the people in the neighborhood who had jobs in that CVS. The mom-and-pop shops that they talking about, okay, those look. You know, little Arab stores, those were stores that was owned by brothers and sisters. And we know in our communities that a lot of the mom and pop shops are not people of the community. They're just there. They're just ripping the people off. You know, for a gallon of milk, there's $3 at the supermarket. They're charging our people $5. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the food is spoiled. Sometimes the food is outdated. Yep. Some of the times the clothes are bootleg. So I don't want to make it seem like all of these shops are bad. But we don't know. Only people know is the people that's involved. That's and I'll fair. say this. I don't even know if all the people who are rioting are actually people in Baltimore. But what I will say is this. I would say overall there's frustration there. And I believe the frustration started off with peaceful protests on CNN uh, that was going on for a few days. I do believe that they were agitated. I do believe that there had to be something in play for the uh, local police department to, to spread their propaganda about the Crips, Bloods, uh, Black Gorilla family, and the Nation of Islam planning to kill uh, white Officers. cops and and also to destroy businesses downtown. That's another side of the story no one's talking about, on how downtown was covered more than any other area because the mm-hmm. police chief put out that information. That sister's going to take a lot of flack, and she's going to get a lot of blame. But in reality, there's nothing pretty much she could have done when when you think about it because she is not in control of charging those cops. And if we saw the cop or the cops get charged earlier, I'm pretty sure, Sister Angela, that we wouldn't have seen most of this uh, destruction of the city. You know, it, it's it's so interesting that this is for me. It's interesting that this 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 fight has been taken to Baltimore because for months we sat and watched Ferguson, and right. one of the the leading figures, uh, national leading figures, uh, with the Ferguson situation was Pastor Jamal Bryant, and Baltimore is his city. That's where his church is. That's where his ministry thrives. So you know, it, it's just funny how. And looking at him and, and, and his involvement in this, how God kind of prepares you for things sometimes. Um, and I, I just think that um, in watching the Baltimore, the people of Baltimore today, and even yesterday, um, before they started heavily focusing on the fires, I'm watching Periscope on my cell phone of folks right there in the mix in front of the burden building um, 
in my hand on Periscope, and I'm watching what CNN is showing. It's showing a loop of the burning church. That was mm. that was pretty much it. They showed then they would to switch it up. They would switch back to that burning cop car. Mm. Um, but as I'm watching the Periscope, I'm listening to these brothers that are Greek in the Greek organizations, totally articulate, been out of school. Some of them were giving testimonies. Thomas, look, I got a master's degree in linguistics. I got a master's degree in education. I got a master's degree. It was several brothers testifying on that periscope last night how many degrees a group of them had, and they want to paint me as a thug. They want to tell y'all that we out here riding. We out here trying to stop. It would be worse. It would be much worse if we weren't out here trying to talk to our friends that we've been friends with all our lives. This is the neighborhood I came up with, came up in. Right. And I have right. talked so many of my peers down who I went to college and got a master's degree, but he got his master's degree in the state pen. Mm. I can't get no job and neither can he. We all living at our mama's house. Mm. It's some powerful testimony going on on, on online. Uh, they put a little bit of it up earlier when I was uh, at home and turned on CNN, like I said, uh, the young protester, D-Ray. I want, I'm, I'm going to get his name for you before I get off the line. D-Ray, y'all go on Twitter and follow this brother because he, he putting the real, 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 real deal up there, telling people what's really going on with young black male Baltimoreans and how they're trying to reclaim their image and reclaim their uh, their city. Um, I was at the Stella Awards. I'm, Thomas, I'm talking over your show. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. You about to say something, brother? No, no, I'm waiting on you. You fine? Okay. Uh, I was at the Stella Awards a month ago here in Las Vegas. And it was a uh, young gospel star, Young Reese is his name. And uh, I remember in the media room, now this young brother, he's dressed in all of the young brother garb, you know, how how, how they how the young lions do it today. They got locks, they got jewelry, they got tats, they got, they look. You know, interesting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, uh, he got up there and he said, I have a master's degree in mathematics. And, I'm, I, you know, I'm doing very well in, in the gospel arena, but I want to use this platform to reclaim the image of young black males in America. They got y'all believing out here that we're up to no good. It really brought tears to my eyes. I still get emotional about it because him and his peers were up there. All of them had master's degrees. All of them acknowledged that I haven't always made the right choice. I come from the hood. Right. You can't do right every single day. It's just not right. possible. But I found a way to get my education. But I have to speak up for my peers who have found a way to try and, you know, be the uh, like uh, the young man in Ferguson, Mr. Brown. He wanted to go to school to be a air-conditioned uh, person, 
to, you know, keep the air fresh. You know, I'm out in the desert. We need air-conditioned people for sure. Right. <laughs> um, um, but he was, you know, they were just saying, he and his peers were up there. We have a hit record. We're on Billboard. We're going around the world. And when I'm going around the world with the with with the information that we are not thugs. We are not hooligans. And even those that are out here thugging, they don't have no choice. When you lock them out the system for making a mistake that young people make, you fill my neighborhoods up with all types of choices you wouldn't want your children to have to make. And then you bastardize me and criticize me for choosing wrong. And, you know, that's, and that's what normally happens, and that's that's part of the issue that we're dealing with. And, and I'm, I want to say this, because I know Hillary Clinton is going to get a lot of support, but mm-hmm. I'm fearful that this is about to start a war of the sexes amongst black men and women. You and think it's going to so? come at a time. Oh, yeah. It's going to come at a time. positive war. stuff about the brothers standing up today. And no, claiming no, no. their you know neighborhood what? and protect, protecting their women. You think so? Man. Break that down man, for me, we, Brother Thomas. You know, here's the thing. This whole Gloria Steinem coming out talking about black women was the, the true creators of feminism. Yeah, that propaganda going on. Well, black women call it call it something different than feminism. Hmm. Womanism. They never had to hack. And, yeah, womanism. So, mm-hmm. And that, those are two different things. Yeah. To those who know better. To those who know better. But the problem is a lot of us don't know better. And when you have so much, the thing with this information age, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. And I'm always hearing, whether it's on Facebook or you're talking to people in general, how both sides of our sexes are bigger than each other more than any other ethnic group. Any more, it's almost as if we don't even understand each other, which I don't get. How we all of a sudden got amnesia. But I believe when Hillary gets up there, it's going to be a long line of brothers who are going to remember Bill Clinton. And brothers <laughs> don't have a fond memory of Bill Clinton. It's not favorable, man. Uh, Clinton, yeah, three strikes, all kinds of stuff came under Clinton. So when these brothers start speaking out against Hillary and saying, you know, pretty much they ain't going to want another Bill Clinton there, it's <laughs> going Watch. It's, it's going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, it's going to ruffle more than some feathers. It's going to be ugly. Uh, this is interesting. I, I, You know, I'm, I'm rolling with you, Thomas, on that. We're going to have to watch that one. Yeah, so I'm worried about it. And, and, I, and I'm looking at this stuff in Baltimore, and I'm seeing the imagery, and I'm like, look, you know, I get the people who are standing up and saying, hey, I don't want you burning this down. That's cool. I think you need both sides on the fight. You need those who say, man, I'm willing to burn it down, and those who say, no, well, you know, don't burn it down. You need it both because here's the deal. And, and, and when you look at business, when you're negotiating, you have to be able to say, you know what, we want to close the deal with you, or, hey, if if you don't say yes right now, my partner is saying I can't work with you. And I believe what happened in our community is we got a lot of our politicians and community leaders who are too quick to want to rub elbows with white folks. 
And sometimes these deals that they're striking on the behalf of our people aren't best for our people. But we are constantly uh, hit with gradualism, as Dr. King warned us about, about gradualism. Don't go for the gradual results. And mm-hmm. it's the reason why he... Speak that again, that brother. Dream. I think they need to... I don't want that to be missed. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful of gradualism. So when you have people who are telling you it's okay for you to vote for X, Y, Z and don't expect no results, that's gradualism. Mm-hmm. When you have people who are telling you to just be happy with what we have or let's slowly hope for more or all these diversions uh, from focusing on our issues. And we're talking about every other people's issues but our own. And the same people issues that we're talking about, when it's our turn, I don't believe that our the, the gays and the Latinos, I don't know if they're going to be fighting for us as hard as we was fighting for them. And that's something that we, we really have to go back and, and, and look at that and how we've championed that. So now I'm, I'm seeing this Hillary Clinton thing coming up during the time when we got all these brothers getting gunned down. And I see sisters putting out there that we don't care about black women getting killed. And I'm like, wow, wow, this ain't good. Because these memes just don't appear out of nowhere. Somebody's creating them. That's true. Why Why are they creating them? That blood and crit hey. meme that they put out there, that didn't come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. We found out that came from the Baltimore Police Department. Mm. So we have to be careful because this is a critical time for our people. And... I know we've had this discussion, me and you, Rodney, on air time and time again about the scandal and these other shows. But just imagine, just imagine how we've been fighting over that for forever. And now we're talking about the death of our people. And I'm I'm mad when it's a black male or a black female. I think what happened in Chicago is deplorable. I think that it's getting a lot of cover because Rahm Emanuel is the mayor. But when a, when a judge can just say, no matter Match what the jury says. Yeah, we ain't even going to take it to the jury. Y'all didn't charge this right. We not, this didn't even, this shouldn't even be at my bench. Y'all did not bring me a charge against this man that proves legally that he was reckless. So I got to throw it out. And Double Jeopardy says I cannot, you can't charge him again. Okay, come on now, somebody, this ain't right. Right. And, and, but see, here's the thing. I don't think that the meme should be focused on black folks not caring or people no, in general not caring. No, it definitely ain't that. that. That case didn't go bad due to us not caring. That's due to us not, uh, being armed with ignorance. We got to get out of this, 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 this arming ourselves with ignorance. You know, I was put up on something this week at the film festival that I was not aware of. I was under the misinformation that if you're a felon, you can't get money to go to school. But I stood and talked with a sister that had been charged with murder. Oh, you get time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't you know that. See, the thing is, the regulation was under, see, and this, all, this is that Bill Clinton stuff. It was if you was caught trafficking drugs. Drugs. Exactly. That's what she told me. She's like, these young, she, and her, she's dedicated her life. She works for the housing authority out here. She has a great book out right now called Guilty, The Inside Truth. Telling her story oh, wow. and other people's story that she was incarcerated with and how she is now about to get her doctorate degree. Um, 
and all of all of her troubles came about because she had it started with a back injury. Mm. She had no other way to take care of her kids but to sell drugs. She made a bad choice, and it ended up costing her dearly. She lost her children. She got them back when she got out, but she teaches people how to fight for their lives. Mm. She got her kids back within 30 days of her release. That's unheard of for her situation. Then she went and got housing when you ain't supposed to be able to get housing when you're a felon. But the Mm. thing is, she told me, she's like, the thing is, you can't lie about it. As long as you go tell the truth and disclose everything, you have access to things. There are special uh, exceptions. And she's like, some of this stuff ain't even a special exception. It just requires you to disclose. Right. And, and, and so that's, and that's we got to stop arming ourselves with ignorance. We got our sons out here feeling hopeless is my point. And thinking right. that their life is over because they had a youthful indiscretion when there are things available to them and folks are not telling us, so we don't tell them. And they, you know. That's true. You know, have you have you ever uh, have you ever read or uh, watched any uh, Joy DeGroy's uh, lectures, Doctor Joy DeGroy? No, I haven't. I put Man. up on the. Uh, go ahead. That sister is shot. Uh, uh, trans, what is it called? Post-traumatic slave syndrome. Okay. We have Joy, three. Joy DeGroy. Dr. Joy DeGroy. That okay. sister is excellent. I, man, we really have a lot that we have to understand and arm ourselves with. And sister breaks down how we have been going about this wrong with dealing with each other and how we see things as far as our trauma and our experience as a people overall. And she talks about how when one person in a family uh, has trauma, it not only affects that one person, it affects the family. It it affects the the entire family. And how we never get... Right. See, and we, there's never no therapy for that. And mm-hmm. when we say, well, we're going to see that's going to happen in Baltimore is after this, they're gonna, the people ain't going to get therapy behind that. What they're going to tell those folks is we're going to charge those that we felt like was uh, broken uh, and, and robbed some places. We're going to uh, fill up our jails. We're going to restore uh, the order that we feel like is order. And whatever happened with that cop, it's going to come back that that cop, those cops, they can't find no wrongdoing. And I'm saying that to say, when we talk about arming ourselves and, and, and disarming the ignorance, the problem has been the gradualism has what is a strong part of that ignorance because we do things to be safe. And sometimes being safe today don't mean safe tomorrow. And I've heard plenty of elders say the problem with the civil rights movement was it never went into the economic phase. And if you really want to know what all this is going on inside of Ferguson, inside of Baltimore, it's about inside the money. Chicago, it's about the economics. It's about the money. And Look, we have they got 2,000 National Guards in Baltimore tonight. They got 1,000 law enforcement officers. I don't even know at this point. Uh, last night they said they called uh, five 
different fire departments in mm. last night. Mm. I'm just saying, are you looking at the, the, the aerial shot of the cops in their compound uh, preparing themselves to, you know, roll out, go out on the street? You know, I understand officers have to do their job, but we I watched something before I left today. Um, I'm like, wow, this that's just going to go down like that, huh? Young man, it was pretty peaceful. We would be in our normal, you know, musical, jovial selves on CNN today, and it was looking up today when when I turned right. on the CNN. And uh, it was a young man that came and threw something at the police. First, the people got him. The elders got him. It was this, cut it out, cut it out. He broke from them, and he threw something else over there at the cops. And, you know, unfortunately, they they had to do what they had to do at that point. But right. instead of walking up to that young man and, and you know, shutting him down, it was violent. It went violent. And they jacked him up right quick in front of us. I'm like, mm. nobody see them. Uh, it's about six officers. This is one little skinny boy. They don't need right. to be beating him like that. Just to get a hold of them, they didn't need to do yeah. that. Mm. And see, that's, so, and that's, and that's the thing. See, like just beating down that young man, and you know, doing it the way that they 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 take measures in. That's that doesn't help anybody because that young man gonna remember that. His friends gonna remember that. It's real to him that he willing to go through all of those elders, all of those people that were out there peaceably, peaceably assembled at that point. They had a line of brothers, and I love what the brothers said today. We wanted America to know that it's a city full of strong black men that will protect their women and children and their communities to the death, is what the brothers said. And then there was another line of, you know, multinational people. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to see Baltimore bounce back like that. And come together and say, hey, not on my watch. We're not going to do it like this. But that young man was so fed up. You could see it in his in his face, in his body language. He was just, now y'all need to show yourselves. These are the same devils that chase me and my, my homies everywhere. This guy, mm. Brother Gray, in the grave right now broke his neck. He wanted, see, that, he wanted to a, show that's a, that's us that they the same ones. Y'all better watch it. Mm. And see, that, that's the frustration that today. I think. And see, that's a, I think the frustration that a lot of our people have from the youth to the elders is, you know, it's hard to all of a sudden because everybody else in the nation is having worries to stop and, and really uh, – give them what they want, when in reality, man, my everyday life was not good here. If you're chasing me down like a dog in the street and you're harming me, how is it, you know, why do I want things to go back to normal? What's normal? Normal is messed up. Normal is this and worse without these cameras. So I better do everything I can do. You know, I imagine this is the rationale. And, you know, some of the peop- young people and activists that they've talked to have actually said this. I better do what needs to be done because, 
you know, the seven, eight days that we were out here peaceful, peaceably, uh, CNN was not here. They weren't flying right. reporters from all their top reporters, their primetime reporters out here to be on ground zero with me. The seven or eight days I was saying, please help me. This is not right. Let's get it together. Nice. Please help me. Y'all wasn't here. The minute... And, you know, that's another thing that, you know, the the young people have been putting out some good information this time. Uh, They talked about the young, uh, mostly white people after they won the the Stanley Cup and all of the millions of dollars of damage that they did. How many police cars did they burn? How many buildings did they burn? How much upheaval did they cause the city? for just winning a game. And they were not called thugs by their mayor. They were not called thugs by the CNN anchor. They were called college kids. Mm. You know the president called those kids thugs, too. And the president, that's right, he did this morning, didn't he? And and and, and see, this goes back to... Was the Boston Tea Party people thugging? This is, this is, not at all. That's why I this, believe this. This, this, this go deep. Rioting go deep in America. Yeah. That's how we got here, right? Right. And we celebrate it every year, don't we? Right. Fourth of July. Fourth <laughs> <laughs> of July. Yeah. So we don't. We you know we don't. But the young men have been talking about that history. You know that used to be dialogue going on in the barbershop. But I was happy to see today them bringing it to CNN and reminding Wolf Blitzer and his peers, I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. Hey, and, and, that's, and that's the thing, because what I've seen is a lot of respectful and intelligent people articulating themselves angrily mm-hmm. on television. And instead of people talking about what's, the few establishments that's being burned down, I think it'd be wise for everyone in this country to focus on those words that those intelligent young men and women are saying, and focus on that, because anything else is just a distraction uh, from the situation. And th- this is a situation that ain't going away. I have been saying all day, this could be Chicago, it could be Milwaukee, it could be Minneapolis, it could, it be, could be anywhere. St. Louis, it could be anywhere. That's it's right. brothers suffering all throughout this country. It's brothers That's that right. can relate to what these young people are stomping the streets about right now. And if, you know, I wrote on a friend's page today, we better listen to our young men right now. They're hurting. Mm-hmm. They're hurting. And and we as their elders, we owe them um, to be heard out. To see oh, you about sound like them. Joy DeGroy. You, you see, you sound like see. That's why you gotta hear. You gotta hear Doctor Joy. I'm gonna look her up. That's one of, I'm gonna look her up. That's one of. And you know, I, I want to suggest this. I want to suggest this before we get off the air. You know, we've we've been highly critical on this platform about uh, scandal and how to get away with murder and these other programs. How about we do uh, 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 YouTube night on that night? That those shows come on. The Love and Hip Hop was last night. 
But we stopped all that love and hip hop viewing, didn't we? We 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 were in the process of getting order. Right. I don't agree no, with writing and and, and showing out like that, but I do understand that they now have the cameras of the world on them. It's a shame. When I gotta watch the I just this too was interesting. I watched Freddie Gray's funeral yesterday. You know what outlet I saw that on? Uh, RT, I saw it on a foreign outlet. They they're the ones that I, I that first popped up in my stream uh on Twitter with the Russian TV. with the link to to live stream it from from the church. Uh, CNN and MSNBC they're they they have a lot to answer to because you know when the Ferguson thing jumped off, I got to give it to them. They gave a lot of coverage to it. But this right. Baltimore thing, I think because it was articulate, uh, educated black people out there, Thomas, they didn't want that to be shown for some reason. Mm. I really feel that way as long as we're, you know, presenting a certain image and not saying nothing against the, the nice people in Ferguson. But uh, this is a different black person you see on TV this yesterday and today. They're not saying they're saying some very interesting things that only my really ultra real well read uh, black peers would talk about amongst us, and they're bringing mm. it. You know, I admire them for bringing it to the forefront, putting it out there. You know, a month or so ago, the CEO of of um, Starbucks said, "Let's talk about race." While you getting your mm, morning coffee, it? let's talk about it. We need to bring it back because they still want us to come to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Well, you know what I was thinking, and maybe I might have to do this now. I was actually thinking about, and I've been saying this in the Twin Cities for a while, that I want to do a, uh, oh, and I got some callers. I'll, I'll let the caller get in a second. But I, what I, I've been saying this for a while. I want to actually um, do a town hall meeting here in the Twin Cities. And what I plan on doing with the town hall meeting is to to uh, tackle these tough conversations. But maybe race should be the ultimate conversation first. Because, to be honest, Sister Angela, a lot of us don't even know the definition of racism. And I'm talking about African American. Yep. And that's, that's a tough one. Because I had to correct the brother today. He was saying that his neighbor was racist. I said, he ain't racist. He said, what you mean? I said, man, that man ain't got no power over you. He might be prejudiced where he don't like you because you black, but he sure can't dictate when you cut your grass and water your law. All right. Well, you know, it's definitely a conversation we need to have. But, you know, I want to put this out there, Thomas, that we need to start utilizing this the power of this this technology we got. We got Twitter. That's cool. But Twitter didn't amp up the ante, and a lot of us don't know it. A lot of us is walking around with iPhones on our, ooh, look at these black people with their hands in the air and their heads bowed. That's striking. Right. That's the front page right there. Look, we got Periscope. We got Livestream. We got uh, a lot of powerful. We got Facebook. We got a lot of powerful platforms that we are the number one, we being black people. Black people are, again, number one in something else. We use Twitter more than any other group. Right. Let's use it to corral <clears throat> and uh, 
lift ourselves out of some of this ignorance we in. And it's no, not it's, it's not ignorance by choice. It's just you got the wrong information. Let's 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 get the right information, man. They out here on roller skates. They got their hands in the air. Black Power is going down on MSNBC. <laughs> and, and, and I could believe it. Well, Sister Angela, do you want to stay on with me? I got another caller here. Yeah, let's do this. I'll, I'll stay on a few more minutes. All right. Hey, brother. Oh, what's going on? You got us on mute. He must have stepped away for a quick second. It's like they're going on and on. <laughs> Let me give me a snack before I get on the air. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but you know what, Sister Angela, I, I would say this much, you know, while we wait for Brother O. I think that we should use the technology, and I also think that on, on, on top of the technology, what we need to do is we really need to invest ourselves as a people in looking up why so many of our elders felt the way that they felt coming in and out of the civil rights movement. And I think that once we invest in that information, we'll find a lot of things that we're missing out on. And I think one of the main things that we're missing out on uh, right now is we're missing out on the fact that uh, these, these people who are in charge of things, they know not to call us niggas. They know that that's not a good way to do business with us. They understand that we won't we won't shop in their stores. They understand the lingo. So we got to stop looking for those buzzwords and thinking that if those buzzwords don't exist, that we are going to, you know, that everything is going to work out and everything is going to be fine. Because they've already under the tutelage of, what's the white guy's name? Um, what is the white guy's name? Uh, Lee Atwater. They've already mm-hmm. learned under Lee Atwater. You you can you can you you can always do them a certain way. Just don't say the word nigga. And if that way, if you don't use those those buzzwords, then in court, hey man, they'll throw it out. And I think that if you really think about our conversations as a people the past few years, we've been the ones debating and arguing with each other over our pants sagging and the word nigga. White folks ain't mm-hmm. worried about that, really, to be honest with you. Because no, they've been out is, here getting this money, taking over this, this yeah. whatever they're trying to take over, man. They, while we debating with one another, they've been making things happen, and we can too. You know, it, it's, it's just yeah. a matter of money. It's just a matter of a changed mind, man. All we got to do is change our mind, uh, pick up some of this good information that's out here. School ain't going to solve it for everybody. Everybody ain't meant for oh. college. Everybody don't want to go to college, but everybody can um, arm themselves with some skill set that's going to make them able to take care of their families legitimately and just, you know, take care of your family. That's all That's all we want to do. So that's what I see these young men. A lot of them have said that. Look, I, I didn't – some young brothers last night on, on Periscope had me – a little twisted, man, because they they did what what we told them to do. They had master's degrees. They're part of the divine nine, and they cannot get jobs. You Something know so is we, broken. You know what? I, that's Brother Antonio Muhammad who's actually on. I thought it was Brother O. Hey, Brother Antonio, you still with us? Yes, sir, dear brother. Just got you off mute. Now, I did have you on mute, but you was calling the wrong name. 
<laughs> All right, yeah, I apologize. No right. answer to no name name chores, brother. You got it right. Yes, What's sir. going on with you, brother? Uh, brother, you know, uh, just out here taking care of the businessman. I just chimed in on your show about uh, 10 minutes ago. And, uh, you know, this is a hot topic, man. Let's dig in. So, you know what, brother, let me ask you this question because you're in the nation. And I I was going to call you, but I, I was like, you know what, I don't even need to call uh, Brother Antonio about this because I know this is some just crazy propaganda. When they had mm-hmm. the pictures of the Bloods, the Crips, and they, they threw in the Black Gorilla family, then they said the NOI. And then what, what happened first was the photo came out. And then after the photo came out, then it was another fo- It was a photo attached uh, to folks saying, well, you know, the NOI, the Bloods, and the Crips are going to be downtown attacking the white police officers and killing them and uh, destroying the white businesses. And I was like, nah, I know that is extreme propaganda. Uh, but what's your take on that, brother? Well, just to put some actual facts out there, dear brother, you know, uh, Baltimore is the location of Mosque Number 6. And uh, mm-hmm. all of the FOI from Mosque Number 6, as well as uh, a busload of FOI from Mosque Number 4 in Washington, D.C., came over to assist us. So, so I don't know exactly how many men we had on the ground, but I know we had a decent number of men on the ground that was really there to uh, make sure nothing happens to our people, you know. Uh, as far as that picture that was taken, and as you can see, uh, the mayor of Baltimore gave uh, praise to the Nation of Islam for assisting and keeping a peace on the streets, as well right. as other organizations. It wasn't just us, but, you know, uh, white people, the conservatives, whatever you want to call them, they're all the same to me. They seized the opportunity to uh, see the brothers united with our brothers from the streets. And when they they had on the picture the two or three brothers that was holding a one finger up, see, what they're banking on is the ignorant masses who don't know any better to just be the, the, the gullible goyim that will listen, goyim meaning uh, cattle, as as uh, described in the learned, or the protocol of the learned elders of Zion. Uh, they're banking on the masses just falling for the okie doke and listening to whatever the media has to say. But anybody that knows better knows that it's not just ISIS who does that, but every Muslim around the planet, over 1 billion Muslims, hold that one finger up to signify the oneness of God. That's what that means. It's not an right. ISIS salute as they were trying to make it out to be. Mm. But those of us that know, know this. And right. and uh, they were hoping that some of the ignorant ones amongst our people would say, oh, they're, they're with the terrorists and blah, blah, blah. And most of us know that ISIS and uh, the the rebels in Benghazi, Al-Qaeda, all of these outfits have been set up and are affiliated with the CIA. Right. While they're on the hunt for Osama bin Laden, everybody already knew that bin Laden was an affiliate of the CIA. The CIA went to go visit him a couple of days before the 9-11 attacks when he was in the hospital. They already knew where he was. Right. All of these people are pawns. All of these people are tools that they try to use to uh, get their agenda across the world. And, you know, one thing I want to say about how some of our people are getting on the news and demonizing their own brothers and sisters out here 
you know, looting. Okay, looting may be bad, but guess what? Sometimes greater evils are the catalyst for lesser evils. Right. That's something to think about. And they're taking the attention. Exactly. They're taking the attention away. You know, they want want to... uh, Say well, you know, we got the peaceful protesters. These these looters are taken away from the energy of the march and everything. And and man, please, ain't trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear that. They drawing their attention away where it needs to be. You know, and, and the the main thing that bothers me about all of this is they want they're quick to say, well, you know, you got the black community getting upset, but you know, black people have killed black over 600 black lives. In Baltimore, in the last uh, two years, over 600 people got got murdered due to black on black crime. Why right. do they always throw that in there? You can't find one race of people on this planet or one nation of people on this planet, whereas there's not crime within that particular ethnic group. You got white on white crimes. You got red on red crimes. You got brown on brown crimes. You got yellow on yellow crimes. That's not the issue here. What we're talking about, don't be quick to just talk about black men killing black men. Yes, that's a problem. But the one of the main reasons why we don't love each other is because our value has been degraded so low because of the way we have been treated for the last four and a half centuries. Mm. So we don't love self because there has not been an environment that facilitates the necessity to love self. They've done all in their power to destroy our community, to leave us like an empty shell, like a spider that sticks his veins, I mean his, uh, sticks his uh, needle-like thing inside of a inside of an insect and sucks all the life out of him and leaves an empty shell on the, uh, on the spider's web. That's what they've done to our community. So when, when we have been treated the way we've been treated for the last four and a half centuries, what do you expect? So it takes a hell of a work to change the condition of our people. You know, but I don't. I'm not going to allow. I refuse to allow anybody moving forward. Everybody listening to me. Yes, black on black crime is a problem, but go to the root of why black on black crime is a problem and deal with it from the top. We're not going to keep shadowing their racism, their discrimination, their demonic attacks against us with our black on black crimes. That's in-house business. But right now, all of us that are in-house have an open enemy that's attacking all of us, regardless if we're a gang member or a senator, a doctor or a lawyer or a Christian or a Muslim. It don't matter who we are and what we're doing. As long as we're black, they, we, all of us are under attack. Mm, that's, that's some good points. Wow. You know what? You know what? I, I wanted to point this out, too. Because Dr. Joy, that's one of the things she talked about last week, about how we don't look at how how we are as a people, like naturally. So let's say, Sister Angela, let's say you got your husband, Michael, right? So Michael, being a black man, you know, it's people he like, it's people he don't like. But if you think on average, it's people people he don't like, man, you can't get him in a room with them people. He just ain't feeling them. That's just not what he's going to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's how we are as a people. So with us, when when there's injustice and there's things that's happening to us, you can talk logic all you want to from the outside, but when we fed up with something, it ain't no conversation we trying to hear. We've all been there. Somebody done done something, and you done put up with it as much as you could, and don't now they don't get it. it. 
Yeah. And when I saw the brothers on on tele on television, I saw some of the brothers was fighting hand to hand with the police, and they weren't yep. backing down. Yep. I said, well, look, if you don't understand what time it is, just look at that. These brothers ain't playing. These brothers ain't doing this just because they're trying to be seen or because they're trying to get some clothes out of the mall. They're doing this because they're tired of being beat on, and they feel like what happened to Brother Gray. They don't know when it's going to be them next, so they better do something now. They said, you know, people, brothers were saying last night, Look, Brother Gray is the one that's got the media attention. But it's a lot of Grays in Baltimore. It's a lot of Grays across the country. Actually, uh, I have a nephew that was shot, killed by the police. Um, I don't think that violence. Uh, it's, it's not many families that violence has hasn't touched today. Right. Um. So we have to. Look at the why, as as the brother was saying. Yeah, you want to bring up black-on-black crime, but you're not asking why black-on-black crime exists. And if you got to the why and what's going on with that, then we're going to start to hear a different tune. And And I definitely agree with that. What do you say about that, Brother Antonio? Well, beloved, you know, Sister had made mention of uh, holding up the hands up. And when she said that, it reminded me of something that uh, just a couple of weeks ago when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was down in Atlanta, uh, he came there under the invitation of the black students at Morehouse University. Mm-hmm. And uh, some scared-to-death Negroes in the school capitulated to the pressure of the Jewish community and said that the event could not be held at the school, but the youth still wanted to do it. The youth mm. rented or, or chartered several buses from Morehouse, Clark, and several other schools to come to Muhammad Mosque number 15, the uh, Atlanta headquarters for the Nation of Islam. So they chartered mm. buses to come to the mosque to hear the minister. And one thing that he said to the youth that uh, came to hear him, it was a packed house wall to wall, people standing outside, they had to sit on loudspeakers in the whole nine is that this hands up, you're putting yourself in a defenseless position. Mm-hmm. Any Anybody that knows anything about combat or martial arts, even if you did put your hands up, you don't put them all the way up where you're defenseless. You put them up a little bit so that if somebody aggresses on you, your hands are within reach to defend yourself. See, this hands up, don't shoot. I understand, you know, don't get me wrong, but sometimes we get caught up in these slogans and render ourselves defenseless. So if we're talking hands up, don't shoot, you know, we never aggress on anybody, but if you're under attack, we fight with those who fight with us. And I want to bring up a situation where, uh, you know, dealing with the police, I can recall maybe about 10 years ago when – some of my little cousins got into a little fight at a house party. And they uh, made their way to my mother-in-law's house, and I just so happened to be over there. And they asked my brother-in-law, you know him, uh, brother, uh, Donnell. They asked him, right. you know, we got into trouble. Could you give us a ride home? 
Well, what they didn't tell him was that the brothers that followed him, that they got into it with at the party, followed him home. Well, followed them to the house. And so when they get outside to get in the car so that he can take them home, them brothers pulled up in another car and let off nine shots at the car. Nobody got hit but my brother-in-law. He got shot in the side and a bullet lost in his back. So I sent all the women and children upstairs. He came knocking on the door. He crawled in the house. The police were called to deal with that situation. Now, here it is. We called the police to that house. But once they arrived, as they're assessing the scene and everything, and eventually they did catch the brothers, but as they were assessing the scene, one of the officers asked for the car keys. And when my mother-in-law tried to get the car keys for them, I don't know what the officer was thinking, but he grabbed my mother-in-law and slammed her on the couch. And she said, what are you doing? I'm trying to, and she couldn't finish the sentence as she was getting up. He slammed it down again and was saying they're talking. Wow. And I had to I had to grab this officer and pick him up and throw him across the room. Oh my god. And then once he once he got up off the grass off the uh, floor, he charged at me. I planted on my feet, getting ready to fight. He swung on me, I blocked it and right when I was I was kinda like talking back to pop him at the same time I was blocking his hit, but my wife had got the drop on him. And once my wife punched him in the face, he called for backup, and, you know, more officers came in the room. But I had to go in on them. They were threatening to take us a job. I said, man, we called you here. Now, the reason I bring that up is this. Even when we're calling them to do their job, this is how we're treated. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that called you. We are the victims here. But this is what happens when we call you. I'm not going to say it happens all the time, but it happens enough, whereas we know there's an ingrained hatred in their nature for us. We can't depend on the Justice Department. We can't depend on the authorities who enforce the law. We can't depend on those who give us jobs. We can't depend on those who give us education. We can't depend on those who feed us. We can't depend on those who give us our medical needs. It's time for us to separate. And Minister Farrakhan, for the 20th anniversary of Million Man March, is calling us back to D.C., Every black man, every black woman, every black child come out to D.C. October 10th, justice or else. That's what the minister is saying, justice or else. Because we ain't got time to be playing with this anymore. Sooner or later, how many more times we got to get hit in the head before we realize, man, these people don't like us. They turn us around them. Why would we want to integrate into something that hates you, that has hated you for 460 years? really hated you for 6,000 years ever since they've been on the planet. What makes you think white folks are going to change now? It's time for us to do our own thing. You know, you're saying that. I'm reading this. I wanted to read this quote by the minister today. He said, we sold out the future of these young people so that now they have nothing to build on because in past generations we wanted to integrate a lunch counter, a toilet, a hotel, a motel, that we could spend our money with our oppressor. They had to grow up in the streets because fathers had no jobs and the mothers had to work, leaving the children with no supervision. They grew up hard. They grew up cold. They were the fruit of our wombs, but the hand of God was riding above the conditions. And when I hear you saying what you're saying, uh, Tone, and what me and Angela have been talking about, is that, you know, our people, you know, we are that rose that grew, you know, from the concrete. 
That's our people. It, mm-hmm. It's some harsh conditions. When you, you talk to people who live in Chicago under some extreme times, uh, you talk to people in Detroit living under some extreme times, and I'm not talking about prison. I'm talking about prison and past and before that. People who right. lived under extreme conditions. And and you really just have to ask yourself, with all of the riots throughout the course of time in this country, and this is a baby when we talk about countries, it had always been about people being tired. And my my last point on the riots in general is this. Crispus Attucks kicked mm-hmm. off the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. He was prosecuted by John Adams. John wow. Adams later on gave Crispus Attucks props for starting the Revolutionary War that he became a part of. So when we sit back and we criticize these people and we say how wrong they are, if we just did a, a, a if we just did a inventory checklist of every time that other people like you, Antonio, have had encounters with the police, when we talk about relatives who've been killed like you, Sister Angela, or you have encounters like myself when I was 16 being charged for robbing a bank, just because I was black and had a target at the time that the bank was robbed. Me, my brother, who was 14 at the time, and my cousin, we had went, we had went to jail for robbing the bank. And later they found out that it wasn't us. It was just some white guys in a different color van. Wow. So... You know, we. I met, really have, I met you, brother Barry. You, you, you don't resemble a white guy in any in any shape, form, or fashion. Not at all, and and that's the thing. You know, wow. so we all have these experiences. We all have with these the encounters. We all have these stories that we need to start telling because these young people feeling alone out here. They feeling like they the only one catching hell out here. They think mm-hmm. we too critical. They think we don't understand. But maybe mm-hmm. if they heard some of our damn stories. Mm. Some of the stuff we that we have really, for real, lived through, it might get them mm-hmm. an, a, the 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 thing they need to get through this. These young people are on MSNBC right now. This young brother just just let it out. I'm hurt. My peers are hurting. This is why we out in the street. We don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing I say about all of this is that. You know, God has set up the circumstances to force us in the right direction. Hmm. You know, in mathematics, you have what's called a common denominator. Hmm. We're dealing with fractions, and our people are fragmented. You know, but we're no different we, from any other group we, of people here. You think all white people think the same? You think all white people feel the same? They don't. They don't. They they having the same generational gap stuff that, that we having with our kids. We don't understand all these tattoos. Right. You know what I mean? No. They got to too, but there's no people on this planet that are in a, in a condition true. that we are in. That's absolutely now, the truth. Now, as fragmented as we are, when you're dealing with mathematics, in order to bring fractions to be a whole number, you have to first have a common denominator. Mm. And the problem is we have not, up to this point, have seen what the common denominator is. But God has forced our hand to realize what the common denominator is 
Therefore, we can now work out the problem so that we can become whole again. Mm-hmm. The problem up to this point is seeing that is not seeing that we all have a common enemy. The problem up to this point is, is has been that, you know, our unity will solve ninety four percent of our problems, and they have done all in their power, all within their power, all their resources, all their taxpayers' dollars, all of their uh, technology, science, social media, uh, the entertainment industry, sports industry, educational industry, the medical field, the agricultural field. You wouldn't believe what they do to food, the stuff they add to food just to alter the thinking of a people. Hmm. The stuff they do to food to cause a hormonal imbalance to change the sexual uh, inclination of a people. I mean, these people are scientists of evil. They are the devil. People thought Elijah Muhammad was tripping when he told Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali and Minister Farrakhan and hundreds of other of his other ministers that to tell our people that these white folks is the devil. We're too busy looking under the ground for the devil, looking up in the sky for God, when both God and devils walk in this earth. When you identify who the devil is and the arch nemesis of the devil is God, if they the, if they the devil... When you want to see God, look in the mirror. And God can solve his problems. We just don't know who we are. But we have all the God-given power, talent, to fix all of our issues. We just got to unite and make it happen. But it's being forced upon us. When we haven't made the critical uh, decision to do it on our own, the supreme being is forcing the issue, whereas we won't have a choice. Either ride or die. The survival of the black nation depends on our unity and all of us seeing them for who they are and recognizing the divinity within ourselves. And that will fix everything. Then we'll be ready to not only uh, separate, we'll be running from them because we have all the resources that we need to build our own nation. We built theirs for them when we were slaves. Now we got a little bit of education and we can't do anything. Man, come on with that. You know, and that, that's one of the things that I that I was thinking about too, was that you know when you really when you really think about you know what this is all about, you know it's in, in my opinion, you know I, I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how you know you keep going back to the well until the well is dry, and I'm thinking about how for years, you know. The youth have been saying that they're fed up, not just our generation. You know, Angela, your generation and the generation before that have been saying that they've been fed up. And if you really want to we talk the about. the L.A. riots in 92 is real. Right. But, but just think the, about the how. The same we, things that happened in, in 68 happened in, in, mm. in, in 92. It's the, right. When they do all the studies, it come back to the same things. Mm-hmm. They come back to the same things. They have not gotten any better. They've gotten worse. Unemployment, mm. education, the same mm. things every mm. single time. Mm. So, you know, and Brother Thomas, I've said it several times on your show that when you look at where we were at during the Reconstruction era, 1877, or, or the right. late 1800s, pardon me, we were better off back then, in the late 1800s than we are right now. That's true. With I respect mean, to jobs, Frederick Douglass is writing, own business it's like he wrote it today. How much money we had in banks, yeah. and how much land we had. 
We were better off. Mm. And, and and you know what, Angela, I, I'll be honest. That's the tough conversation that we have to have because as a people, some of us have really benefited from how things are. And they don't some of us don't want things. We we gotta be honest and frank. Man, the Clarence Thomases in the world they looking to go back. Seriously. Well, none of us looking uh, to go back, Thomas. I mean, I, I'm not Clarence Thomas. Uh, no, I'm no, not, no, no, I'm not saying I'm not, well, You know what, what I'm saying? saying? What? I'm, I'm saying this. I'm not right. in this tax bracket, nor do I, I share uh, probably any of his philosophies. But um, I do understand that this right. got to, you know, we, we got to stop this. No, we sure. got to stop but, it. But, but what, I'm, what I mean by not going back, what I'm saying is when you look at, because after this riot, and after we see all these articulate people, and I was loving last night how everybody who got on that was black said, man, the nation of Islam is the fruit of Islam, and they were giving up the props. And yep. you kept seeing them trying to change the subject. They didn't want to talk about that. They didn't want to talk about it. When, when uh, what, what was brother name? Um, brother that died inside of uh, New York. Uh, what's the brother name? Uh, Big Air Gardner. When his okay. family was on... And they were talking about the systematic issues. They cut them off right away. My point is, you know, those people like the Clarence Thomases of the world, when all this, when the riot is over with and you, you can't find people on the street that you can just interview, that's who they're going to put on TV. And that's when we got to make our voices louder as a collective around the country and say, yo, they don't speak for us, and we are tired of these conditions. We are tired wow. of having just a little bit. We're tired of just having a little bit. We want our fair share. We well, put we've in our made work. the whole thing possible for everyone else. You know, look at the Ben Affleck situation that came up right before all of this broke out. I thought Louis Gates and, and Ben Affleck told a wonderful narrative outside of the stuff that they were weaving on the while you know for the lens to pick up first of right. all mr gates is pliable enough that he's willing to bend the fact mm. to accommodate that mm. and the fact that white privilege made mr affleck feel comfortable enough that i can help i can i can engage you to help me hide my my bullshit and and sit here with full face and and not see how my white privilege is is doing this. The fact that my great 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 somebody six generations ago is put me has put me in a position, me and my people in a position where yo the best of your people, the one has the, one of the ones that has done everything that we said was the right thing to do. Henry Louis Gates is. A Harvard scholar. It don't get no bigger, no smaller, right? No bigger, no right. smarter. And he's willing to do my bidding still. Mm. Hide the truth from you guys. I don't want it known that my great, great, great whoever was a slave owner. And irregardless to how broke I was before they made me a star, I still move forward and became rich and famous, and I can still tell you, don't put that out there. Mm. Ain't that so? Now, just imagine if he did it, 
how many other people how many others have, have done Skip Gates in the world allowed to escape with the facts and not question on the facts and how many other because that's what it all boils down to. It all boils and down many, to do you be, go ahead. I was just going to say, and how many are we engaging as leadership? Because, you know, regardless, you, you expect BNF Fleck and, and others to do white privilege. I don't even find it strange no more. But And I shouldn't find Mr. Gates strange anymore. We, we've been seeing poverty pimps. It's not new. Uh-huh. Um, but the fact that we keep allowing these people to be put in places to benefit you know, capitalism needs poverty to work. Mm. So, you know, the situation is deep. And and, and see, and that's, and that's what it is. And and here's what's crazy. Skip Gates, for a long time, I don't know if people, a lot of people know about this, about how Skip Gates and at one time him and Cornell West was tight, and both mm-hmm. of them were exchanging in a, 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 if you will, a beef with um, John Henry Clark and Dr. Ben Yachinen. Yep. And And now uh, Mr. Cornell West is beefing with uh, Mr. Eric Dyson because Dyson is saying enough is enough, man. You're wronging the president. Stop it. This is crazy. But you know what? I'll I'll be fair with Cornell on, on that. I saw the incident that made Cornell snap. And what people fail to realize is, once again, we're talking about black men. We ain't talking mm-hmm. about no other group of men. You can't mm-hmm. approach, and I don't care if you're the president or not. Barack Obama, he stepped to Brother Cornell. They got this on tape. I saw this on MSNBC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he chastised the brother. And Cornell was upset because he did a lot of work for the campaign, and he was not invited to the inauguration. And mm-hmm. almost, if you will, was... He was upset that he felt like he was betrayed by a friend. And here's one thing I've learned growing up as a kid. When brothers are fighting, friends are fighting, you stay out of it. Please do. Uh, him, and, <laughs> him and Barack Obama are personal friends. They're not acquaintances. They're personal friends. I don't want to get involved in that rift. I don't but even we don't believe want, Brother we, Eric know, Barack, Yeah, Barack. He does, you know, he was personal friends with our minister. See? It was personal there, too. And So hey. the thing, you see what he done with his personal friends. So my thing is, I don't want to jump into that fray between friends. What I think needs to happen is that we should politicize beasts with each other. Because here's the thing, sister, when we tell these young folks, that they shouldn't be rapping and dissing each other because it leads to murder. Well, shouldn't that start on the top? Shouldn't the most highest of the intellects out of us not be beefing with each other? Didn't we get and enough of that with W.E. Du Bois and Marcus Garvey? Yep. Yep. So when I hear Skip Gates and in, in, in the quote <laughs> Dr. Clark about him using, uh, what do you say, $2 words for 25-cent situations, when you sit and you see him capitulate to Ben Affleck, and I'm still kind of shocked with these, with, with how smart this brother is, and in these series where he'll go and he'll say, "But Angela, did you know that you had Irish in you?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, your Irish ancestry is deeper than your African ancestry, 
And his mm-hmm. brother is this brother is versed in history, and he knows darn well that it was indigenous Africans who were caught up in an ice storm who developed a lot of those places. You go do yep. the history on that. We can go back and so when you telling our people that they're mixed with other folks and we the first ones, we know the black woman, the oldest person that the bones they found was from a black woman. Mhm. So you can't be tell. I can't tell you, Angela. You mixed with anybody that came after you. That don't even make sense. It mixed with you. That's right. So it don't <laughs> even make sense for him as a historian and, and as a scholar to be pulling that crap. But that lets you know about Brother Skip. That lets you know Skip is for sale. And Brother Antonio, and I'm gonna let, let you jump you back in. And it lets you know that he is a media. Mm. You know, and you know, not all media wants to highlight the truth. Most mm. commercial media in Skip Gates' position, you know, they're, they're sticking to a particular narrative, and it ain't about us mm. and our history. Ain't that something? Skip Gates acknowledged on TV that the reason he went to celebrities, and, you know, we digressed a little bit, but the reason he went to celebrities was, you know, because he got so many letters from others saying, why are you only looking for the history of black people? We need mm. to know our history, too. Mm. Ain't that something? So this was his way of opening it up, because when he started that program, he was taking black folks through their history. Ain't that something? Yep. And see, that, and that, that to me, that, that just proves my point about, you know, and, and that proves the, the minister point about those generations. Now, of course, we're going to have people that's going to want to debate semantics, and, and that's fine. Sure. You know, that, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's that's how they're able to keep us grasping for straws because we, you say tomato, I'm I'm saying tomato, and let's, let's, let's argue for the next three years over that topic. Never mind that the thief is not only robbing us in the temple, but he's also burning the building now while we're having the semantic discussion. Our people need to really understand that unity, even if you're uniting over things that you disagree with, is not bad. Sometimes, right. you know, because what we do is we go into corporations and we work for companies that you know your boss might not be treating you the best or you might not agree with the mission of the company, but at the same time it's paying the bills of your family. Well, do that with your people. Do that with your people. Ride it out. Have a little bit of solidarity. And you know what? Even if you don't agree, just agree not to say nothing. You know what? Don't I ain't got no comment. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, right no now, Thomas, yeah. right now, Sunday I um, or Saturday I posted the information. I get a, a, a newsletter every every week or every couple of weeks about the new trade agreement, you know, the, the what the goings-ons with that is a, a national call. People, right. you know, up to a thousand people could get on the call and hear about what's going on with this trade agreement. And I was saying to a group of friends Sunday, I'm like, look, we got 16 months. Right now, we could ask for any darn thing we want to, but we need to really pay attention to what's going on here. This trade agreement, we saw what NAFTA did. They didn't give a darn what nationality you were. If you were a, a certain uh, work, you know, there was no more manufacturing. They took all of that and sent it to China. So, you know, it, it makes sense that this new trade agreement now, NAFTA is still in place, and now they want to put another trade agreement. I don't know all the particulars to it, 
But I I put it up on Facebook because it was doing no good just sitting in my email telling me about it. I wanted to share it with friends. Maybe somebody else needed to get some of this information. And, you know, we need to to make the decision to stop arming ourselves with ignorance. And this trade agreement, I don't understand uh, why we can't say, hold on, America. You cannot, you know, with your never-ending quest for cheap labor, you cannot continue. You have a community of of young, able-bodied folks here, you know, that's dying out and crying out, wanting to work, wanting to create work, wanting to contribute. The people need to make themselves heard where these Chambers of of uh, others are making decisions for all of us, and they're looping other countries in it. And you know, we need to say something. That's too big of a deal to watch this uh, Baltimore situation go on, and you know, not put all of these things together. Why aren't we saying anything about the trade agreement as it pertains to the black community? Well, you know what it is, is because, and it goes back to what I was saying about that divide earlier. It's because those people who have the media outlets, the people who control the blogosphere, they're pro Obama, and there's not no room to critique the policies of the administration. And when you have that vacuum, where you won't even critique. I remember the president saying when he first, before he became president, that he wanted us to critique him. Yeah. And what I see, and not funny, he for, told Diane Warren, "Yeah, look, we we agree on a lot of things, but you know, you wrong on this. You wrong for critiquing me on this." <laughs> right. Well, and, see, and, and and that's the thing. It's you know, we should the critique should be sound because what happens is some of us are saying, "Man, that's not good for us." And then some of us are saying, well, what do you think he's supposed to give us? And it's like, well, we don't ask that about the Latinos. We know they want amnesty. Hey, I'm not mad because they want they people to be able they, to come in this country and work. That don't, that don't bother me. I don't even, you know, to, be, to keep it 100, you know, if you gay, you want to get married, I'm not gay. I don't know nothing about that. So go ahead and do what you guys to do. Give it to them. That's not bothering me. But when I ask you for those freedoms and those rights that we need as a people, I'm expecting something. I'm not expecting more no child left behind. Because as an educator, I'm working in the schools, and I understand that this test does not help our students. By most Standardized uh, testing, and we just, what, locked up 12 teachers in Atlanta? Man, and you know what's funny? Doing what a lot of teachers feel like doing. I'm just saying. Oh, and are doing. And, and a lot of teachers are doing around the country. I, I know I ain't seen it mm-hmm. at my school, but I will say around the country it is happening because mm-hmm. you got this, you, you got these systems set up to where it's this is what people have to do to keep the doors open. Just imagine yep. those teachers are under duress not because of the kids failing, but because at the same time you're in Atlanta, you got a test that does not speak uh, to black kids. It speaks to the, the um, what they would like to call the dominant culture. That's white, the white culture. And, and the school is, and the testing nationally, thanks to this black president, is operating from that level. Where's the debate with him on that? 
Where's the challenge of that and say, hey, here it is. We got a black president who's living in a White House that our ancestors built with their own hands. Not only is he not for reparations, which I guess is his opinion, he might not feel that same quench. Maybe Michelle feel that reparations is needed, but he don't. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> you know, you're going to still put our children through this system where they're judged unfairly by these tests where the tests are not even fair for our children. So mm-hmm. now we got to label our children failures because of this. And, and and to me, I just look at it overall is no matter if you like a person, it's like you love your husband, I love my wife, but I still reserve the right to criticize my wife. My love and like for my wife don't mean that she can do and say and whatever. She's beyond observation and, and correction. Um you know, that's what we're that's that's what marriage is about, absolutely. You know, you you need that person in your life that can tell you the, the butt naked truth about yourself. You acting a fool right now. Look, you paying attention to this when this is over here is what's important. Did you consider this? So Uh and you know what, and and that's the and that's the uh that's the that that's the million dollar question, you know. Did we consider? Are we considering this? Are we considered how we allowed Tony Morrison to tell us that Bill Clinton was black, and we never questioned him about locking up the young men in our communities? And just think about it. We I know we talk from the angle of the young men a lot, but when you lock up the young men, that means our sisters and our neighborhoods are vulnerable. That's that's how a raker could happen. Raker in Chicago walking down the street, hanging out with her friends. That's how. The women and the children are vulnerable. When you take down the men, the strength of the community, then that makes the community that's left vulnerable, and that's normally women and children. You know, it should have just been that sister in the street whooping her sons behind. I don't know if dad was at work or where he was, but, you know, I hope that dad and the rest of the men of his family grab him up. And love him, but love him firmly. And you know what's something else this that is I, a I critical to say? tipping point right now. And, and something else I wanted to say about you know that that situation too was that I know a lot of people were saying, well, you know, they were messing with the kids and the kids couldn't uh, get home from school. But a lot of this also stems from in Baltimore they got the black children on public transportation. They don't have yep. those kids on school bus. So you put our kids, and I want to point this out again because this is another example of, see, to save money, what we did for with our children. It's black politicians, black community activists. Those are the people who are getting these awards. They're getting the kudos, and they're getting all this other stuff, and it's pretty much based off the fact that our children take the shorts. So when the minister talks about selling out, he ain't just talking about the civil rights generation. People still selling out right now to this day. Every we talking day. so somewhere in Las Vegas, somewhere in Minneapolis, there's some black person in a back room doing a deal, uh, trying to get an award or trying to get a some money, and he's gonna sell us out and not think twice about it. So we need to really uh, start being able to say, look, brother, sister, yes, we love you, but what you're doing to our people is unacceptable. We ain't gotta and make you know it public. What? We ain't gotta make the, it ugly. Exactly. The 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 real elected officials that's really about going in there doing the job that they were 
sent there to do. Don't mind constructive criticism. You can approach them, say your piece, come with the facts. You know, I'm, I'm going to go uh, uh, Mr. Sam on you. Don't come in here with no theory. You ain't checked twice and have the, the documentation on because we're not about opinions up in here. You know what they say about those. Um, we're mm. about facts. What can you mm. prove? And when I was in that den of lions, male lions, they sharpened my skill at presenting. You can think something is going on all you want to, but you got to go dig up the facts because you, you know, you you're not beyond being wrong, or your 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 uh, angle could be off slightly. You, you know, could be armed with ignorance for real. And if you are, you know what, here's the thing. If you are armed with ignorance, the only way to to change that is just knowledge. It's not that's that what it's Sam the end of the world. That's what, yep, that's what Sam would say. Go, okay, that's what you feel, that's what you think. Okay, call me back in 30 minutes with the facts. What did you find out about that? Mm-hmm. And, and, that and, that, and that's what it is right there. And I think that's that's where we got to leave it at. As far as the people, we definitely got to equip ourselves. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen um, the next few uh, days uh, with the media. I'm also interested to see exactly how we're going to respond overall around the country. Because my thing is, if you're listening to this and you're in any other metropolitan, you need to be calling on the, the, the corporations. You need to be calling on your community. Uh, and you need to have two meetings. The first town hall meeting is you talk to the people that's been pissing y'all off for years and been getting over. And you say, hey, look, we, we, we're we here to talk this thing out because you see what's going on in Baltimore with our cousins. Don't believe for one minute it can't happen here. <laughs> it can't happen we, here, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> you. You better use this. You better use this while you can. And then the you next know, meeting you hold is you hold a meeting with your own people. You don't have no cameras. You make everybody leave their cell phones in their cars. Check all that stuff in. You close yourself in for four hours. You do your first two hours talking about the problem, and the next two hours talking about the solutions. You can't talk about solutions until you talk about the problems. And if you got people in there talking about, well, I ain't come here to talk about the problem, show their asses the door. Because those are the people that ain't there for anything anyway. But you got to have these meetings. You gotta have both of them. Now, with the with the with the first group, you only meet with them for two hours because they they short anyway. White folks don't never want to talk about problems for long. It's the, the it's the abusive. <laughs> they want spouse the facts. Thing. What can I do for you? There, there we go. And, and, what what we needs need to, to let be them done? Yep. And, and, Here, and what we need what to we tell need. them. And tell them flat out, we need at least control of five of our schools, high schools, as well as uh, we need at least uh, high school, uh, elementaries, and middle schools. Then we also need, on top of that, we, we need some jobs. We need to come up with the economic plan. What companies are in line to try to come here and why are you telling them no? Because don't be shocked, corporations are always looking to find the edge to and pay look, less. And, 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 and Thomas, we got plenty to offer. First of all, we're a trillion-dollar honeypot, number right. one. Number two, you get all sorts of wonderful tax breaks and incentives to move your business in my community. There you go. So we need to take what we have and stop acting like we don't have anything. There we go. 
that we're not of value and use. Everybody in this damn country is rich because of us. There we go. Not only did they get hundreds of years of a head start with slavery and Jim Crow, but then the cold part, they continue to perpetuate their wealth Mm. by a simple thing. Stand on message. They stay on message. You know, white folks, they do not get off message. This is not about me. This is about y'all. And, 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 and that's XYZ what we have to here. recognize. So, see, yes. now you hear what your sister said. They're not going to get off message. They so I, I want to say this. So I want everybody to really listen to this. Write this down. Remember, two meetings. The first one with the uh, white politicians as well as the corporations and gifts and demands. This is what we need. Preferably, you need you need your youth employed, but you definitely need the men, the husbands, and the and and the 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 protectors of the home. They need to be employed. So we need that. We need to make sure that these um, that these uh, projects that are being done to, to repair the streets. I read that federally, forty percent of the work the, the workforce is supposed to be men of color or people of color. So if you don't have 40% of that, you need to demand that. That's the one thing. The other thing that you also need to demand, like I said about the five schools we need to control, we need to be able to control a high school at least and at least one middle school, but we need to be able to control the elementary. Why? Because it's important that we start building our children from the ground up as far as education. Last but not least, when you talk amongst each other, you really have to go to your leaders and tell them it's time for all of them to bury the hatchet. And we need a five-year plan. We need a 10-year plan. We need a 20-year plan. What is the community going to look like from us? Because that first meeting, they're only going to support you for at least five years. After that, I guarantee you, you are on your own. So since you're going to be on your own, you better come up with a plan. Plan should be about economics first. Don't go in there talking about you need education first. Get the economics first because once you got the money, you can afford to send your children to school. Might not Look, be able to go Tommy, to school yourself. Yes, I mean, ma'am. another fact, another fact. We are the most educated group of black people, educated and skilled group of black people on the planet. Mm. The Black folks in the United States of America, that's brand new information. Black women are the most educated group in America right now today. This Mm. is interesting to be being done in Baltimore because not only do some of our historical, some of our top historical black colleges reside in that city or very close in that surrounding area, it is the home to our oldest civil rights organization, and I'm so waiting on it, Thomas. I'm waiting to see what are the marching orders that are going that's going to come out from the NAACP now. Now, I'm not one that believes that we need to throw out this organization. The organization don't reflect what it should reflect because you are not there. Right. What are we going to do about that? We can't throw away, but white folks don't throw away they organizations they change them and 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 that and that you know what i'm glad you said that they change them so what we need to have happen is all that got to be on the table so your second meeting that first four hours you got to have that and don't just meet one time you meet every quarter because you need updates mm-hmm. what are we doing you meet four what's working, hours what's not working absolutely yeah you you meet you meet every quarter and like I said, you start out with a five-year, well, hey, let's go, one-year, five-year, ten-year, 20-year. 
And once you figure all these things out, and every quarter you're making this progress, I guarantee you, and, and, and I'm saying this because it's important, I guarantee you other groups that you might feel like will be upset with us after five years in, you'll start seeing why it was so important for us, for these groups, to see us separated. Because know you're going to see the know. wealth that we was giving away is coming to yep. us now. Know what they know about us. You know, I was talking with someone uh, about that Sunday. We, she, they, they were saying that, you know, they don't know everything about us. I'm like, you you tripping. They know everything about us. We have We have census data. We have the Nielsen report. Uh, several Nielsen reports are interesting about us. What we, what we, uh, where we live and what we do, where we work. That's a report. Then there's another very interesting Nielsen report that comes out every year. The the Black Consumer Report they do. The Urban League. You think it's only Black folks getting that uh, State of Black America report every year? You crazy? Nope. And then I you know the other my crew de gras, my, 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 my big big jack that I threw on the table, my ace, was that we have a thing called big data now. Big mm. data is all of the information on your proclivities with these digital devices. Mm. You think they don't know everything about you there is to know? You are Armed with ignorance, for sure. Mm-hmm. Know what they know about you. We have the access to the same information. Use it. And that, and that's so real, sister. And that, you know what? That's what it boils down to. Know what they know about us. Arm yourself and be prepared. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be some beautiful, intelligent people that look like you that's not going to be on board. And we're going to lose cool. some. We're we going to lose some. We're going to lose some. And it's going it's gonna to sting a little bit because these people you love, people you respect. But in the end, they've already did the math. They've already tallied, hey, look, man, if, if we get our share, that means that I'm going to get less than my share because my share was to help us not get our share. And then if you get <laughs> your share, that means I ain't getting my share. That means I ain't getting mine. So they've yeah. already made that, that. It's a business decision for them. I want you to understand that it is a business decision for them. So just understand, everybody ain't going to ride out with it. They're going to speak against it. Same way what w- 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 happened with Christmas Addicts. You know, he kicks off the war. They take credit for it. Hey, he kicks it off. But in the end, he ain't the one that's looked at the forefathers. See, he kicked it off, but he ain't the forefathers of the country. He should have his name up there with Washington and the rest of them. Yeah. He died for the cause. They ain't even died for nothing. So yep. we, we need we, we need to make sure that we understand what's gonna come down the pipe. And once it come down, once it come down, and we have people who are upset about it, people who are complaining, I just just want us as a people to understand. You you're not gonna win them all. Everybody ain't gonna agree. But in the end, we can be agreeable and we can still love each other. Because even if I disagree with a Clarence Thomas. I don't want nobody to do nothing to my brother that ain't one of us. 
I don't want to even see one of us harm them physically. I just want to see one of us correct them and have that conversation with them. Same with anybody we disagree with. I don't even, to be real, I was talking to my wife. I said, you know, I don't, I, I'm not one of those people who are saying that I'm looking forward to seeing any white folks get killed. That's not, as a, as an African man, that's not how I'm built. I'm not built that Absolutely. way as a black man. You know what I'm saying? I, think I, we've I, won't. Evolved. I hope we've evolved from that. You know, I hope we've we've evolved from, you know, the the revolution of any type where people have to die. I think we we're smart enough, we're capable enough on all sides. And you know, you you were ramping up on something that needs to be said. Um it's cool to take our kids and and, and funnel them through you know, protect them through our own school system. But I think what's going on in Baltimore is just as much about uh, the miseducation of white people as right. it is about our being armed with ignorance. These kids on both sides can lead this country to a better place by acknowledging the history that's been omitted from the story. It don't make sense to them either. They they're like, shit, I I'm gonna just do what I need to do to pass the test. But this don't this seem edited. It seems like it don't make no sense. What's going on here? Right. They see it too. So to arm them with our history to complete the 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 the, the story that and 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 get rid of the fiction you know, there's a lot of fiction in American history because you've omitted the Native Americans and you've omitted the African Americans. And they've even omitted their own history. And that's, that, true. that's what's if sad. If it don't fit the that's main narrative, you're right. And, and that's what's sad. Everybody's history has been omitted and changed, all in the sake of, like you were saying before, capitalism. You know, all in the sake of the yeah. name of capitalism. It needs and poverty to work. You look at the economic systems. You look at you look at how capitalism, the system of capitalism, how it's set up to work. It needs poverty. It needs a less than for the greater than to be. Mm. And that's a nod to itself. Well, Sister Angela, I'm glad you came on as well as Brother Antonio. To take yeah, that ride with us today on Red Radio. I was hoping to get Brother Rodney on, but I, I think he's he trying to avoid me on these topics. I will be calling into y'all show on Saturday. He can't avoid me. Cool. I'm going to get a conversation on the air with him about this regardless. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we definitely going to uh, be talking about it. We might have to get on the air tomorrow because this is, to me, the most important story going on right now. If we hey, get I it agree, right and here, and I believe, we get it right in the rest yep. of the world. I agree because you know what what's going to happen. You know what's kind of funny is that we're seeing this in the U.S. But four years ago, four years ago, this was pretty big inside of London, and that's the when Arab they wanted Spring. to get rid of an Arab, Arab Spring. How about the Arab Spring? That was a youth movement moved by technology too to change their community. Stop mistreating them. They were fighting about the same things, Thomas. Mm, ain't this, Authority ain't taking this advantage of them and, and having all this education, yet I still don't have a job. I still don't have a way to make it as a man. Yeah, same thing. 
Yep, and that, and that's it. But I definitely want to thank you, sister, for coming on, and everybody who out there who listening and the people who called. We had a few people who called in. I appreciate you all. Uh, I didn't get to everybody, but uh, quick note: uh, Dr. Joy DeGroy, P.S. Uh, it's called PTSS, post traumatic slave syndrome. Look it up. Sister is strong. She don't apologize. I, I left the thing, and I was saying, I know when I die, and I see God. God is a black woman. I don't care how you feel about it, but that's how I feel about it. God is a black woman, and if you and I know in my lifetime, absent the fathers in our communities, it was the moms who've done the best that they can do, not by a situation that they chose. A lot of times, sisters get blamed for things. Look, man, when when you up on a hypnotic trance, it's not the person who's under the trance you blame. You blame the hypnotist. And a lot hmm. of the stuff that we've learned about each other and the ways that we feel about each other, we've learned that from the, uh, the hypnotist. So we need to be on a hypnotist tail and not on each other's. And we need to be a little bit more uh, concerning and loving and forgiving towards each other because that's another problem that we have as a people is we don't forgive and love each other enough. And we don't, we're not honest enough. And next week my show is going to be about secrets because mm. I think that, 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 that I think that's the key. That's killing the game that's the right problem. there. Yeah, secret, you know, Thomas. Those, maybe we need to take back Thursday nights too. Maybe maybe we turn off scandal and turn on turn on some of these great lectures that that exist on TED Talk and and on YouTube that can help bring about that consciousness that we're gonna need to take us through this next chapter here. I agree. I think I think we can definitely do it. And I also think if you want to get some done on site, we can get some of these great minds on because yeah, these people can't get. These people can't get on the actual. Uh, they can't get on television. On I know we heard the nation television, but they can get on the Speak Up Network. There we go. There we go, sister. <laughs> but hey, man, I. You know what? I, I want to tell you this real quick. Me and my wife was about to come out there two weeks ago, right? What? And my father passed away. Oh no! And, I'm sorry. I did not yeah, hear. Yeah, so right before. Yeah, and that's why. That's why so we didn't come in February. You have my deepest sympathies. Wow. Yeah, so so we we didn't come because we knew my father was about to pass away. That's why we didn't come in February. So she was like, "Well, I really want to go because we want to celebrate our anniversary." And she was like, "Well, you know, we got married in Vegas. I want to go back out to Vegas. I know you love Vegas. I know you love the people out there in Vegas." I'm like, "You know what? I want to go, but something's telling me as soon as we book the tickets and the flights and we're out in Vegas, Dad's gonna die. That same weekend that we we're supposed to buy the tickets, that Sunday he died." Wow. Well, I'm definitely glad that you you stayed and followed your first mind. You know, intuition is so important, and it's so important to be in obedient to you to it because that's God's voice inside of you, telling you, you know, you probably need to be obedient right now. I'm definitely sorry to hear about your lo- the loss of your father. You know, my dad's been was sick uh, last year and. You know, is still recuperating and battling for his health. So I definitely can relate to, you know, watching over your parent and and everything. So I'm I'm very sorry about your loss. I would have called or send a card or something, man. I I, I didn't hear about this. Wow. Oh, you know what? You know what? I tell you, it was everything was done. I, I was so much in the toilet. I didn't even reach out. I haven't reached out to uh, too many folks except uh, my media circle here. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'll tell you. I, we will be out there, though. 
Uh, we, okay, we've already yeah, talked. Yeah, you guys we, are always we, welcome. When y'all get here, we're going to cook you guys a big old steak. Of, do y'all eat red meat? Whatever y'all eat. I'm, me, and, me, and, <laughs> me and the husband, we're going to chef it up for y'all and have y'all over to the flat, and we're going to have a really great time. It's always good to see. Oh. Thomas All right, well, sister, I and, appreciate and Mrs., you, man. And Mrs. Berry, Mrs. Thomas Berry. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Hey, tell Nicole you. I we, said we hello. It. I definitely will. And tell Michael I said hello as well. I will. But, uh, I sister, will. I, will be, I will be calling in on, on Saturday for sure. Look for me. Cool, cool. I look forward to it. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. This is Red Radio. I'm Angela Thomas of Our Own Voices Live, and I want to thank you all for spending time with us today. Thomas, I can't wait to talk to you again Saturday, man. I, I, I'll holler at you. All right, sister. Peace.